0: The the hope was the running around in the game would help, hopefully it did, and uh, I'll try to get us to small groups here in a reasonable fashion. So, uh, who could tell me, last week we started a new series, who knows the name of that series? Three words, ends in a question, word. Title of the series, not the question we looked at. You got it? Tell me why, have you been yelling at me and I just missed it that whole time? I'm so sorry, I apologize. I apologize. Last week, yep, last week, Brett kicked off a series that we're going to be in for the next few weeks called Tell Me Why. And he looked at the question, Why Should We Care? And he looked at some of the big principles of why faith in Jesus is so important and why we should care about that. And tonight, the next question, the next why question we're going to look at is Why Trust the Bible? And in doing the research, in looking into some of the reasons and putting together the reasons why we should trust the Bible, it made me think about how we check to see the trustworthiness of other things. And a couple of things I thought of are uh, friends, right? I feel like every day we're, we're constantly, uh, maybe not consciously, maybe it's subconscious, but checking the levels of t- how much trust we have in our different friends. Like, do they have our backs when they need to? Do they keep our secrets? Do, they let, do we share life together? Like, we're checking how much we trust our friends in each and every interaction. Another thing, not meaning to get contentious, this is the only other thing I can think of, the news, right? Uh, trustworthiness of different news outlets, whatever, we'll dive, we won't go, I'm not going into too deep into this, Uh, but just, you know, they have their sources, you have reputable ones that have been trustworthy for a long time, you have other ones that there's a history of accurateness involved in whether or not you uh, associate a specific place with a trustworthy venue to get your information from. And then finally, this is probably the one that we're going to be most in sync with, everyone's going to be tracking with me here. Social media, and what, how do you know? I know, immediately you're like, what? Trustworthiness in social media. No, no, no. But I would flip that around and tell you, social media lets me know whether I can trust certain accounts or not because of that what? That little blue check mark, right? That little blue check mark where they verify your account, that somebody has looked into who this account says they are, and it's like, yes, this is this actor or athlete, or company, you get that check mark. It's a verification that you can trust that this is who they say they are. And uh, obviously, uh, I know that to you all, I look very ancient. But believe it or not, I have some social media. It's crazy. And uh, one of the, my favorite my favorite form of social media is not the TikTok, as as it probably is for most of you. Uh, it is actually Twitter. I, I like Twitter. I got on Twitter. It, when I was a sophomore in high school, so like 35 years ago or something, and um, when I got on Twitter, it was used in its purest form of, it was just a different way than texting to interact with your friends, right? You'd be, Instead of me texting like five or six different people, I was going to watch this movie, or I'm watching this TV show, or I really liked this, or my thoughts on this football game or whatever, you tweet it, and then they see it, and then they can interact with it. Crazy, mind-blowing stuff, I know, and so... Although I am 28 years old, I still occasionally find myself on Twitter. And recently, I tweeted something about the show Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but this is Jason Sudeikis. Having seen it, not important to the story, I promise. So this is Jason Sudeikis. He plays the character Ted Lasso in the show Ted Lasso. And one of my friends had introduced me to the show, and I was watching it. And I know a bunch of my friends watch it. And so rather than texting them all individually that I was watching it, I tweeted it. I knew that if they saw it, they'd reach out or interact or whatever. And so I tweeted. It's very simple, very exciting tweet right here. You're going you're to go crazy. I'm watching Ted Lasso again. Whoa, crazy, right? And I got 17 likes. Woo, I'm crazy. But it's not the total number that I care about. It's the first two likes that are, that are interesting, and I think it'll help set up our discussion on, on why I trust the Bible, or maybe it won't, and I'm just... It's just weird, but anyway. So, first, like somebody you'll recognize Brett Harlow, always good for a like. And but how do we know that's the question? How do I know this is actually Brett Harlow and not one of you who's made a a, a troll account and is trying to get wild about and, and slander Brett's good name on the internet? There's no blue check mark, Brett's not verified. How do I know that that's Brett? Well, first, there's a picture of him, but what if that, that could be a thing? I know that's Brett because I've interacted with that account. I, I know Brett. I talked to him. He, te- he, he liked it and then texted me immediately about it. So I knew that there was an interaction. Like there was a personal experience that I've had with Brett and that our relationship allows that I don't need Twitter to tell me that that's Brett. I know that that's Brett. Now the second person who liked it, I do not know and I did need a blue check mark for. And that person was the picture of the man I just showed you, Jason Sudeikis, the actor Liked my stupid tweet about watching Ted Lasso. I don't know why. What? But I know that it's him because there's a blue check mark. It is Jason Sudeikis. It is verified that that was his Twitter account. The actual actor from the show Ted Lasso liked my tweet. And I tell you this, and I and that's the reason I know is because of that blue check mark. And I think uh, I'll bring this back at uh, li- a little later on, but as we look at the Bible and try to make the case for why should we trust it. We're going to see the importance of both the personal experience like me knowing Brett and knowing that that was his Twitter account, not Twitter having to tell me it was Brett, but me knowing him personally, and verification, the proverbial blue check mark that provides us authenticity to look and see that the Bible is a trustworthy entity. And so before we dive into I got four reasons that we'll get through quickly of why we should trust the Bible. I think the first we need to help orient ourselves to what is the Bible? Okay? Seems like a trick question. I swear it's not. So, what is the Bible? A book. Awesome. A book about Jesus. Nice. Word of God. Great. Another word for it. What? Anything else? Are we, are we happy with book and word of God? Yeah? Whoa, fairy tale. That's true. I like that. Creative. Okay. Anybody else? God telling his story, nice. Okay, some other things. A book, I like that, we hit that one. Uh, It is a religious text, one of many. Some call it a self-help guide. Some say that it's outdated. Some say that it's a fairy tale, and that's where they leave that sentence, right? There's a lot of people have a lot of names for the Bible. And uh, so I think just to help get us all on the same page, uh, Bible comes from Ta Biblia the greek which means the books so this is in fact looks like one book but it's actually a lot of books there are 39 books in the old testament what you would think of as a chapter within these this two this bound this binding here 39 books in the old testament 27 in the new testament you've got ones that were originally written in hebrew aramaic greek They're coming from all over. There's 40-plus different authors. There's 1,500 years separating the oldest known writing and the newest writing included in what we call the Bible. And it records the story of God's interactions with his creation, giving its history, so what happened, the theology, what we believe, and the ethics of how we live of Christianity. And hopefully that's a good base. We're all tracking of what I just said, Bible, made up of lots of books, old, lots of different authors, We're we're tracking. Yes? You're allowed to speak. There we go. There he is. So, but we're here to answer the question, why should we trust the Bible? Just trying to give us some clarity on what the Bible is so we're on the same page moving forward. So why should we trust the Bible? The first of four reasons is that it is externally reliable. And what I mean by that is it's not necessarily what the Bible says, but what the world and culture that surrounds the Bible says, not today's world and culture, but of the time period within which it was put together, and written. So you got history. There, is pe- there are a lot of people and places and events going on in the Bible, right? You have whole books that are just chronicling who was the king and what happened under that king, and then who was the next king and the next king and the next king for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. There's a lot of people, places, and things that the Bible is talking about as it shows how God has been at work throughout history. And historically, other civilizations, other religious texts, other groups of people—not just the people who call themselves uh, uh, Jews in the Old Testament or Christians of the New Testament—other Out- groups of people have put together histories of their own. And within those histories, those other non-religious uh, recordings of history, a lot of the people and the places and the events in this book show up. Uh, uh, so there you go. That's that's one like historical help. Of like of what other people are saying external reliability to what the Bible is saying. You have archaeological, so not just accounts from and in histories from those other civilizations, but you have actual things that they found that have that are proof right So just a couple there's this thing called Sennacherib's prism. you don't care about that, I promise, but believe me when I tell you that it's it's a Syrian thing and, it, and it's showing. Uh, this guy, King Hezekiah, who's spoken about in this prism, which is not related to the Jews or Israel or King Hezekiah at all, describes the account of how they took out Kim, King Hezekiah and overthrew him and the, and the uh, kingdom of Judah, which is also detailed and matches what is said in Isaiah 36 and 2 Kings 18. So you've got, it's just one example. There's a lot of these, but I'm not, this isn't like a lecture on uh, for history class. Um, there's a bunch of uh, there's something called the Tel Dan Stele from 800 BC, which uh, is another telling of another group of people who have conquered, and it also mentions that the king that they conquered, who the king of Israel was from the line of, of King David. They reference King David, so now you've got historical proof and context of King David that's coming from outside of just Christian spheres of just the Bible and what it says. You've got this outside uh, accountability to and reliability and trustworthiness to what the Bible is saying. And then there's a big one. There's manuscripts and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh, I didn't put that on there. That's fine. Dead Sea Scrolls, basically they found what they believe to be some of the original or like very early on translations of tw- of uh, what they can believe to be 22% of what we now read in the Bible. Uh, and so they found these manuscripts that are like, this is the original piece of- pieces of the original gospel of Mark, like stuff like that. Um, which is just another like, historical finding that helps prove that this wasn't just like, made up by somebody at some point. Like there, There's history and, and fact surrounding it, I guess was what I was getting at. And then there's something that, that uh, theologians call the embarrassment factor, which is that if this were fiction, right, if this were a book that somebody had put together in order to, uh, as a trick or, or a fake story or whatever, they would have written it a lot differently. A lot of the heroes of our faith, your Abrahams, your Pauls, your Peters, are not written in especially a great light the whole time of their story. They, they show the cycle of what it looks like to sin, to fall, to need the grace from God to be forgiven. That is not something in how you would write this embarrassment of the people you're putting as like the foundations of this faith if you were making it up. If it wasn't true, if there wasn't context historically to provide to prove that these people did what they say they did, you wouldn't write it that way. You'd have to tell the truth in order to get something that looks like what the Bible looks like. So the Bible is externally reliable, but it's also internally reliable. Second point. There it is. Boom. Boom. Uh, it, it's internally reliable, so uh, externally what the, uh, the world said about the Bible, internally what it says about itself. So like I said, 66 books, 40-plus authors, 1,500 years uh, of the course of when these books were written, and across all of those different factors and variables, there is one message. That message is about a holy God who loves his lost and broken creation and is constantly seeking to redeem and restore them. And how is he doing that? How is it possible that we have gotten 1,500 years, 40 different authors across those 1,500 years, comprising 66 different books written from different, in le- different languages and from different parts of the world? How is it possible? And uh, th- this is where we lean on what the Bible is telling us about itself. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it reads, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man... Of God may be complete equipped for every good work. The key phrase there is: all Scripture is breathed out by God. All Scripture is God breathed, meaning that that everything we're reading here has been influenced in some way by the Spirit. And a lot of people know that in the Greek, right? Breath, wind, Spirit, Holy Spirit—they're all they're all coming from a similar root word. And so there's a connection. There's a lot of uh, breathy language used when describing. God's uh, the Holy Spirit um, and its influence, and and you see that it's uh, and pro, uh, the all Scripture is breathed out by God, and why? For the reproof, correction, and training, and righteousness that man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. It's giving you a little bit about what the Bible is telling you about why it exists, right? It's it's telling you that it's almost like a training manual of how we as followers of God may be complete and equipped for every good work, and that's how all of this one message, this unity in direction that the Bible is moving is, com- is coming from the spirit influence uh, where we get that phrase inspiration, right? Spirit inspiration. Um, God breathes all scripture is. And then you have a second, uh, in Second Peter, um, knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. So people did not just make up prophecy in scripture. So scripture is not just history, there is also prophecy. Uh, you have the, all the minor and major prophets, right? So for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Two different places saying the same different thing, that, that, that this book, that these books within this book are all breathed by God. The Spirit has carried them through, through man to, in order to tell us in God's own word about who he is and what role we play in his world. And we talked about Bible's different names earlier and someone shouted out that it was the word of God. And what do we know about God's words? When God speaks, things happen, right? Very very beginning, first book of the Bible, Genesis, God says let there be light and there was, it says. God creates the world just by speaking. The books of the Bible were God breathed. That the word that all these books point in one direction. Is influenced by the Holy Spirit, and they point in that direction is not to a place, but a person, that person of Jesus Christ. There's a saying by a fourth century uh, theologian that says, The new is in the old, concealed. Meaning, the old test, the new, what the New Testament speaks of is in the old testament, it was just concealed, it wasn't known yet at that time. But the old is in the new, revealed. The new and the old come together over that 1,500-year stretch to complete each other and point wholeheartedly towards Jesus. And I think there's a great passage in John that really uh, uh, shows this example of the Old Testament and New Testament working together and pointing toward Jesus. And then it will also head us into our third point. So John chapter 6, Jesus has just fed the 5,000, he, and he starts speaking. Uh, he 's just walked on water and he starts speaking, and this whole section is titled "I am the Bread of life." i 'm not going to read you thirty verses from it. Um, but what he says here uh, to the people they 're questioning him, and, and they 've come back, they 've been fed the day before and they 're questioning him, and and what, and, uh, what they 're saying to him is like, we, "We need some more signs. We need some more signs." And he says to them, "You really just want more bread." Jesus says, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said, what sign do you do that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? They tell him, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they're quoting to Jesus the Old Testament. They're quoting the Old Testament scripture of of, remember when they were in the wilderness and they got the manna from heaven. That's what we want here. We need a sign like that. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, there was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, sir, give us this bread always. And a little later on, the bread metaphor keeps going here, and there's some back and forth. And they get to this part, uh, which, which leads us to our third reason why we should trust The Bible, it comes in uh, John chapter 6, verse 38 through 40. And it says, For I have come down from heaven, this is Jesus speaking, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on my last days. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone looks on the Son and believes in him, should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on that last day. So the third Reason is it the Bible is eternally reliable, externally, internally, and eternally reliable. And he goes on to say uh, an incredible line He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give you for the life of the world is my flesh the flesh that died on that cross for us, the flesh that ensures this eternal promise this eternal reliability that the Bible brings. And later on in the chapter, uh, he, Jesus goes through all of this stuff. And it says that a lot of the disciples and people who are following him left. They got upset. They, they, they just walked away from following Jesus. And Jesus asks the 12, he asks Peter and the rest of the disciples, are, are you going to follow too? And Peter says that Trusting in the promise of eternal life, knowing that what Jesus' words are, that God's words are truth, that no, they will continue to follow him because they believe. God's word, uh, when God speaks, things happen. Uh, there is an eternal promise within this book uh, uh, that, it, that helps to ensure that we should, like we should trust it. It's just another piece of building this level of trust. So we've seen externally, internally, and eternally why the Bible is reliable and trustworthy, hopefully, and each one builds upon each other. And so far, we've been looking at, the, to use my Twitter example from earlier, the verified accounts, right? The, the history, the study, the scholarly works that are behind reasons why to trust the Bible. The Jason Sudeikis of my argument, if as it were. But we need a Brett. We need, where did Brett go? He's in the back. We need a Brett. We need the reason that we know, that we've seen, that we've experienced a personal element to this, not just the historical accounts of what others have seen, of what's been verified, but but something that we can verify on our own. Otherwise, otherwise, this is not just going to lock in. The, the, can, the answer to the question, why should I trust, can I trust the Bible, is just not going to lock in. And, and so we have a personal, it, the Bible is personally reliable as well. And this can be uh, the most convicting reason, but it's also the hardest to prove and the one that gets... People get to at different times and in different ways and is tough to explain sometimes and the Bible is personally reliable to me for in my life it for me uh, because it helped change my life like I would not be here today right here speaking to you all without what I had read at a specific time in a specific book at a specific moment in time of, of how God used this this collection of books to, to, to kind of push me into that trust, into that belief. Um, and, and that's a story for another, that's a long, we don't have time for all that, but it helped give me answers. The, the Bible helped give me answers to questions that I was asking myself of why am I here, of what is my purpose uh, of why I'm here. God reveals himself to us through his word, through this book. And, and, and it's just an incredibly loving thing for, for the God of the universe to do, to give us access to, to life-transforming, life-changing hope that is in here. And maybe you've had a personal experience. Maybe you can relate to kind of the feeling and sentiment of what I'm saying, and maybe you haven't, and either way, that's fine. Everyone gets to that point at different places in their life, in different ways in their life. What, you know, what happened for me isn't necessarily going to work for each one of you. And the question that we're answering here, to hopefully, tonight, is why should we trust the Bible, and and I think that that's an interesting word, and we pick that word specifically because uh, oftentimes in the Bible, we you know we're reading an English translation, and we're always talking about from up here like the Greek this and the Hebrew that, and, and all of that, and I, and it's important because uh, these these ancient languages that they were writing in, a single word could mean so many different things that we've only that the English language just doesn't grasp the same way, and so the word we're getting and translated as belief, and believe uh, could easily have been translated as trust. And many of the people who wrote or written about in the Bible had belief, had trust, because of the convictions brought to them by the things they'd been exposed to, the things that they had seen. And our belief comes in a similar way, things we experience, the things that we see in our lives, the way we see God at work in and around us at different times in our life, but it's also informed by the experiences of the of others, from our understanding of who God is and what he's done and the vastness of, of what we could hope to understand about him. That all, can't all come from just personal experience, and it can't all just come from context and, and understanding of the verified accounts of, of who God is and who you know, the people of history and what they say about him. It's got to be those two things brought together Together, to verify who God is and confirm His role in our lives, to be fully fleshed out an understanding of Him, and the way we do that it is, honestly, we we read we read His Word, right? We call this the Bible. It's also known as God's Word. We saw that it was uh, that it was God breathed each place of this. If we're to believe, if we trust the Bible, then then we see that that this. Has been influenced by the Holy Spirit. Each and every word there for a reason could potentially mean something to each and each and one of us differently. But be speaking, God's speaking to you through the same verse that He spoke to me through. Through the different one, it doesn't matter. Why should we trust the Bible? Bible because it's externally reliable, historically reliable. It's internally what it says lines up, it, it all in the same direction. It's eternally reliable. There's a promise of eternal life that makes this such an important thing that we need to believe in. And it's personally reliable. Our relationship with God is often connected and experienced through an understanding and a commitment to, to learning more about him, right? You don't have a friend that you don't know anything about. You build that relationship up over time by understanding and learning things by reading the Bible. So I guess my simple challenge here as we, as we close out and head to small groups to talk more about this would just be like, read, just read it um like try once a day if you can that's a lot I know even for five minutes it it can feel like oh that's easy that's nothing but it's such a hard routine to start building And, and uh there's a phrase that I used to hear a lot when I was in high school that used to make me so mad but now as a 28 year old like it makes still makes me mad because it turns out it was right and the phrase is hear me now believe me later and so I guess all I could say to you is, like, we're all going to get to different places and different levels of, of should I trust the Bible? Do I trust the Bible? Have I experienced uh, God personally? We're all at different places, and that's okay. But hear me now, believe me later. This, this collection of books, the Bible, La Biblia, like, this is an important thing. It, it means a lot, and it is God's word. It's called God's word for a reason because he is speaking to us through it.